0: everybody Calbanian here Calbanian's hypnosis etc on calbanian.com and I am back with Erica Flint and we're going to talk about something very very interesting especially if you are new or you are thinking about getting certification training and this is it it's okay to be nervous in the beginning but there's stuff you can do to mitigate that nervousness and get on in a more confident and competent way all right Erica. Erica has been my partner for gobs and gobs of podcasts. She's a person that just doesn't talk the talk. She walks the walk. She sees clients every week. Um, She is a writer. She is a speaker. I remember when she was new and she's just doing all these great things. She's got her own center, other hypnotists at work there. And it's been really great to be a a mentor, a model. And uh, I get back from her just as much as I give. How are you doing, Erica?
1: I'm great, Cal. And it it's so nostalgic, isn't it? I'm like, I remember when I was new too, you know, seven <laughs> years ago and the first video that I did with you and how fun it was and how nervous I was and just everything I've learned from you. So just, you know, you know, Cal Bannon, everybody, he's the man, he is it. He is the person who's out there creating hypnosis training and programs that you're gonna use in your office every single day. So I just love hanging out with you because you're constantly coming up with new material, even better material. Five Path is constantly keep changing and growing because we have so many people that are using it now and we get feedback from all of the thousands of hypnotists around the world. So it's just like this living, growing thing that you've created that is helping thousands and thousands of people around the world. So thank you for that, Cal. But you know, our, our listeners might not also realize that you're an author. Uh, that you're a trainer, you've been on radio, you've been on television, you have won nearly every award from the National Guild of Hypnotists. Um, and it's just amazing um, to, to see and, and be around you. So thank you, Cal Banyan. I'm super excited for this topic. Let's just dive right in.
0: All right. Thank you. Wow. So it's okay to be nervous when you get started. Everybody's nervous. Mm-hmm. And there's some things you can do to mitigate To minimize that nervousness so you can really, really get started. And these are things that you really need to know, go over some things you really need to know if you're just graduating, or if you're thinking about taking a certification course, or other program to get trained to seek clients and provide hypnosis services. And I want to start off. I got my little. Actually, this talk is going to be based on an article that I've written for the Five Path uh, Journal, and also a version of it for the National Guild of Hypnotists Journal. And the one that's for the Five Path Journal is to trainers, and their trainers. It's it says, hey, you got to let your students know it's okay to be to be nervous, and what they can do about it. And the one for the National Guild of Hypnotists is more first person. I say, look, it's okay. This is what you can do about it and i think there's some huge misconceptions and i'm going to see if erica can add to my list all right misconceptions that i should feel completely ready to see clients after my certification course here's another one i not i do not need to do any more study after my class is over i know everything i need to know
1: oh jeez
0: here's another one <laughs> i do not need to practice my hypnosis skills after I graduate. So what do you think about that, Erica?
1: I practice my hypnosis skills all the time. I still practice them all the time. I, I, you know, I mean, I think that, you know, number one thing for me to keep in mind, as far as nervousness goes, is you care. If you're not nervous at all, then maybe you don't care. So the fact that you're nervous means you love your clients, you care about what you're doing. Um, hypnosis itself is such a rich field. I don't know that we'll ever learn everything. And to me, that's fascinating because Cal, if I get bored, not a good thing, right?
0: right. You know, I can't believe that, that I, I am not bored. I've never in my life did anything for more than about a year or two. And then I'd move on to something else. And my wife would go, I wish you'd stick to something. And I go, I will, when I find the thing, right. And then I found the thing. And and I've stuck to it. And another thing is, like these podcasts. It's like if someone would have told me I was going to do over 500 of these videos, I would have been overwhelmed and never started. I'd say that's crazy. I would. There's nothing you could talk about in hypnosis for 500 videos, but I do it. And I and I see that there is no end. they are going to be continuing to use some great things. All right, so here we go. Some important facts that you need to know. 100% of new hypnotists are nervous and seeing clients. True. 100%. Unless you're like, you know, like Erica said, you don't care, you know, or, or you're some kind of, you've got some kind of psychiatric problem where you think everything you do is perfect. and, and okay. okay. So it's normal. You must continue to study your class materials after gra- graduation. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm presuming you go to a good course. Okay. And it has everything you need in there to get started. But, you know, I teach classes all the time, have for, you know, years and years. And I observe in my students that by the third day and fourth day, some of the stuff from the first day is already starting to fall out of their heads. You know, your brain can only process so much. And the, I, one of my favorite sayings is, Repetition is the mother of learning. You need to be able to repeat. And in class, there's never enough time for you to read, reread, discuss, implement. It's just not possible. Okay. Um, Then you must go beyond knowledge and build skills that I don't care if it was a month long course or a two-year-long course, or a bachelor's degree, or a master's degree, or a PhD, all those helping professionals continue to build their skills and were nervous when they first started. I remember as a study, when I was a, a budding psychologist, and I was seeing my first clients at the University of North Dakota psychology center where you'd give free services to um students okay and that was scary i mean i'm in i've been studying for like six years if you count the 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 undergrad and and the master's degree and it's nervous you're gonna be and there i had six years of training you're nervous and guess what I, then I went on for another two years. And then you continue to, in, the, in any profession of any value, you're going to have continuing education. It is an ongoing process. The only way you will become confident and competent in your skills is to practice them over and over. And so, Erica,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we make people do that in class, don't we?
1: We sure do. And, you know, we hold a really hard line there, too. It's like we want them to practice before class. We are going to be supervising them while they're in it. And not all students, you know, they get a little nervous the very first time. But I'll tell you, Cal, and you know this true by to, you know, by the third day, second day, like there is such massive improvement because of the practice. Students are overwhelmed in a positive way. And they're already knowing that they can do this just because of the experience in the first few days.
0: No, it's a class done properly
1: mm-hmm.
0: is like learning a language through immersion I mean where you're like everyone you're gonna see this week speaks Spanish you know so you're studying Spanish and you you can't eat breakfast unless you speak Spanish you, keep, you don't know where the bathroom is unless right. you speak Spanish and it really accelerates things mm-hmm. and it's so cool to watch over the day after day the people just like, Wow, you're doing so much better than than a couple days ago. And yeah. the confidence and competence begins to build.
1: And now, they're so impressed with themselves. They're like, I didn't think I could do this. And now they're like, geez, you know, it's only been three days of class. They felt like they've been in class for a month because of all the learning. And it's it's kind of like a time warp mind-blown thing for students in class. I really enjoy it actually.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the things I observe is so, like, you know, in the beginning. Exercise one, read the hypnotic induction, not sounding like you're reading it, trying to match the pace, the tone, uh, an affect of the, of that's appropriate for that induction modeling the instructor. You're not hypnotizing anybody yet. And as soon as you start to get that down, boom, we put someone in front of you. And guess what? If you do what you did, they're going to get hypnotized. And then once they start doing that over and over again, then we say, okay, boom, now you're going to do an eye lock test. Mm-hmm. So you hypnotize them and do an eye lock test. And then what happens, something weird happens. It's like now they're focused on the eye lock test and they just now all of a sudden the induction isn't such a big deal. Right. Right. It's Just like it's the doorway they get they go through to do the eye lock test. And I, it's really what we want them to do. New hypnotists are like, Oh, I know I need to know how to hypnotize someone. <laughs> Hypnotizing someone's easy. Okay. <laughs> That's the easy part. It's just it's like it's like you know, registering for a class. You've got to fill out the paperwork and then you can go to the class. Well, you got to do the induction so you can get on to the rest stuff. Yep. Then the next day we're having them do induction, deepening, eye lock arm catalepsy and now they're all like oh stressed out about doing the arm catalepsy and all of a sudden somehow focusing on the arm catalepsy it's so easy doing the eye lock right and it's like they're just and we just keep doing it and we have that coach right on top of them right there coaching helping if they make a mistake we fix it right away because repetition is the mother of learning we don't want them to practice incorrectly
1: right right?
0: good Tell, tell me a little bit about your experience with that
1: Um, Yeah, I think it's fantastic to be able to watch them in real time. That's really where the effective part is, where they're going to practice, they're going to practice a second time, they're going to practice a third time, so we really get to drill it into them. Um, One thing that I've noticed, Cal, as well, is at the beginning, there's a lot of students who have these what-if questions, and I know you have You've got these what if questions before, but I think it's important to point out that a lot of students will, what if my client does this? And what if this happens? And what if that happens? And they're, you know, that's an okay way to think about things. It's kind of a worst case scenario sort of a thing. But the reason I'm bringing it up is because I get those questions a lot with new graduates, and then I continue working with them, and over time, what tends to happen is now they're reporting to me, oh my gosh, Erica, this is what happened, and this is how I dealt with it, and it was perfectly fine. So they're coming to me with these what-if questions, but then after working with clients, it's more of a report. Here's how I dealt with it, and it went just fine. Here's how I addressed it. And it went just fine. So the level of training that our grads are getting through this particular program is much deeper than a very particular specific path. They know what to do when other things come up.
0: Right. Thank you for that. Because one of the things we do is we we don't just work on skills, we work on principles. Mm
1: -hmm. Because
0: when the weird stuff comes up, you can't fall back on a skill you don't have. But you can fall back on a understanding of how things work, and then you can adapt to something that is idiosyncratic to that individual or something you haven't experienced before. And one of the things we really focus on in class is, hey, we're going to drill, drill, drill. See, my first job as a trainer was in the military, and I understand the power of drill. Most trainers don't understand the difference between education and training. Education is blah, 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 read, 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 right? Watch videos, listen to audios, blah, 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 blah. But that means no, you can't learn to play tennis by reading a book. You got to get in the court, right? And hit some balls back and forth. And so you've got to get in there and start doing it. And the exercises that we give people in class are, yes, they're educative. Yes, they are skill building, but we're teaching them how to do the exercises so that they continue to do the exercises at home because it may be a month or two or three before they see their first clients. And so they need to continue to do that. For example, a music teacher teaches you drills and you are expected to then go home and do those drills, those scales, those exercises. And and that's what professionals do, right?
1: Yep. You know, I, um, a lot of people don't like this. They don't like to practice. They really don't. They'll fight it. Um, but I think one of the best things that you can do is record yourself doing an induction and listen to it. And, and if, if you're sitting at home or wherever you're listening to this right now and thinking, I don't want to do that. Well, you're right. Most people don't like to take it to that level, but that's what Cal's talking about here. That's what professionals do. I sat down and did the, I did the five path induction at the time it was called something different, um, but recorded it a. Bunch of times and listen to myself. Yes, it was painful to hear my own voice and some of the mistakes, but that's what we do, Cal. We do that. We show up. We do our practice. We are in training. I'm in training to become a better hypnotist and a better human every day so that I can show up and serve my clients to a greater degree because that's what the world needs right now. It really needs people like us stepping up. Their world needs more superheroes right now because it seems like it's crumbling. So we all got to step up and do some awesome work, right, Cal? That's
0: right. You know what superheroes do? Superheroes accomplish things get things done when nobody else can because they right. have a superpower right yep. and that's the role of the hypnotist we help people succeed when everything else has failed all right so i want i am going to go on with this theme of that's what professionals do and so uh, musicians mm-hmm. guess what they do practice scales practice songs record themselves listen and that's what professionals do What do sports people do? They drill, they rehearse, they do it over and over. And, you know, the running drills, jumping drills, all this kind of stuff. That's what professionals do. Actors, actors, what do they do? They rehearse. Guess what? That's really just drills, right? They read the script over and over and over until they can say it and not sound like they're reading the script, right? That's what they do. And you, you make, the, the when you're watching a movie, you don't think, Wow, she's, re- she's reciting her lines so well. What she did was she made those words her own, yeah, as if they originated with her. And that's what we do as hypnotists as we work with initially scripts right? And to some degree, we may always do scripts, modifying them as we go. But you've got to make it sound like they are your own words. So um, speakers, they do the same thing. They will say their speeches over and over. Debaters will practice. And, you know, it's over and over. That's what professionals do. That's the discipline that makes a professional different from the hobbyist. The hobbyist only basically practices when they're having fun with it, but the professional will drill. And it's very important that the training and the instructor that you pick has that mindset. One of the greatest challenges for the National Guild of Hypnotists was we need to graduate confident and competent hypnotists. And the problem, and I've been coaching on them in a long time, is this you've got to do drills, you've got to do a practice. You can't say, hey, go home and practice this. It needs to be supervised by somebody that knows what they're doing. So that where does confidence come from? Real confidence comes from success. Mm-hmm. That's a real confidence. So you're sitting there reading your script, and the 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 instructor goes, you know that part where you did da 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 da. Perfect. Where's your confidence now? Bam, right there. But then they catch some little thing. Okay, and they go, okay, this would be right if you did this. Do that for me now. Da 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 da. da. Awesome. Keep going. See that is not being done. And then we say, okay, good. You graduate keep doing that until you can start doing it with clients. And then you will be both confident and competent, right?
1: right? People don't like to practice something if they're not good at it. It's just, it's just human behavior. I don't like practicing things that I'm not good at. I want to be good immediately, of course. So, you know, the instruction to go practice something when we feel like it's clunky, when we feel like we're not super good at it, the brain is really resistant to doing that, right? Because it feels clunky. It doesn't feel good. We don't feel very good at it, but it's exactly what we have to do. And so that's what professionals need to do. And that practice is just, there's
0: no way around it. Yeah. I think of the teenager or the child goes, oh, I'm just no good at this. And then they quit, right? Oh, good. You've been doing it for three and a half minutes now. And you're comparing yourself to this person who's got 10,000 hours right. of, of practice and coaching and all that kind of thing. So I want to just create the mindset out there. It's normal to be nervous. Everybody who's going to be any good is. Mm-hmm. When I first started this profession, <clears throat> the training I had was woefully inadequate, but I just made up my mind that I was going to do it. It was entertaining. It was fun. I wound up buying a whole bunch of videos, which I studied and studied. And then because of my back, when you graduate school, what you learn is how to learn and how to become a master of anything. Okay. And so that's what I did. The The actual practice time in class was one hour w- shared with a practice partner unsupervised it was terrible we had 17 people in the class only two of them actually tried to have an office and only one of them succeeded me okay and it was because of my background in education my background in the military to know how to drill and just my undying desire to do this and that got me through and so what i want to do with my students Is do that here are some practice exercise one exercise two exercise three four five six they need to be relevant to what they're actually going to do with clients and they need to drill be supervised to do it and then say good we've reached this level of confidence and competence three days from now it's going to be down here you need to continue to do this so that you can go up not down have the discipline. The the people who go out for the track team, guess what? They're getting up in the morning and they're hitting the street and they're putting the miles in. They they don't just run for the competition. That's how you become a professional. And it is worth it. Is it worth it?
1: Oh, it's way more than worth it, Cal. It's it's a million times better than I ever thought it would be.
0: Tell them why it's worth it.
1: Well, first of all, at the end of the day, every single day, I get to feel good because I've helped people lead better lives. I get emails, I get cards, I get notifications from people uh, telling me how much, how much better they're feeling. I get the same thing from students saying how they've helped other people. Um, and then for me, for myself, I use self-hypnosis every day. I use Seventh Path every day. My life is, is rich. I allow myself to feel the negative feelings and move through them quickly so that I can experience the richness of and the benefit of the beauty and the glory of this life that we're all supposed to be experiencing, right? So I get to live this. I, it's just like beyond my wildest dreams. It's fantastic. Uh, and then helping other people because really uh, what I've always considered hypnosis to being is exploring consciousness. Right. It's like we're it's like like we're not out exploring space, you know, like Star Trek, we're exploring our inner space. Right. Mm -hmm. So we get to be astronauts of the mind. And there's no end to that. It's just so fascinating to me. Um, I absolutely love it.
0: And you know what? I remember when I first got into this profession, I would go to conventions and stuff like that. And people go, yeah, you just can't make a living as a professional hypnotist. Nobody can make a living. Well, I'll tell you what. When I went into this profession, I had been working as a family therapist for Lutheran social services in Grand Forks, North Dakota, great place. But the pay wasn't good out there because it's not like, you know, like New York City or something like that. And I was making like $27,000 a year or something like that. And so I immediately went, opened the centers, doing my calculation. How many clients am I going to have to see and how much am I going to charge? And I started off at $65 a session. And I said, you know what? I can make a professional income, okay? And now I do way more than 10 times more than what I used to make. And you can really, if you're serious about this, we can point to graduate after graduate after graduate who go right out of class, dig in, and get going and start building a real hypnosis practice. You did it in a year yep. and, and we can see people do it even faster than that nowadays. Right.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. We, we have it dialed in. We know how to help people do this. If you're really committed uh, and willing to put yourself out there, you know, practice. Um, one thing that came to mind that you were talking about earlier, Cal is like, how do you know what you value? Well, look at where you're spending your time and look at where you're spending your money. And the people who are really committed to hypnosis and being really good hypnotists, we're going to spend our time and money on gaining the skill and experience and practicing these techniques because it's important to us. Right?
0: Yep. And you know what? There has never, ever, 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 ever been a better time to become a hypnotist because right now everybody is in tune with doing online, Yeah. online. You used to have to invest in a physical office, which cost time, money, energy, uh you could be successful in a home office or you could do it in a regular office building or something like that but guess what you already have an internet connection you probably already have a laptop and you know what you can just start seeing clients first of all you start practicing on on maybe your classmates the same people you practiced on in class guess what you practice as a matter of fact in the hybrid classes that we do at our center we have some classes on site some classes some students on-site, some off-site and they rotate. Sometimes they're practicing with someone in Mm -hmm. face-to-face and sometimes they're practicing with someone online. And so that gives them the perfect background, right? To Mm -hmm. then after they graduate to keep practicing with their their Mm -hmm. classmates or anybody else online. And then that's the perfect segue into seeing clients online never been cheaper, never been more available. It's no longer your neighborhood. Oh, I can't be a hypnotist because I live in rural. Rural's got nothing to do with it. Location is irrelevant. What's important now is that you have an internet connection, which you probably already do, and you have somebody you want to do something with. Have the same language, maybe the same time zone. That's about all there is for, or not same time zone, but you can work it out like I might be seeing someone in Indonesia in the morning but for them it's evening in fact Mm -hmm. right now I'm seeing someone in Asia and that's exactly it she's in the evening and she's in that that time zone of Japan Philippines Singapore that kind of stuff so I mean it's just it's never never back in the day when I was getting started I had to walk three miles to three feet of snow just to get to my office which is almost completely true because it was in in Minnesota but anyway All right. I'm babbling on. You can tell that Eric and I are still very excited (laughs) about this after, I mean, gosh, we will do a billion sessions. A billion.
1: Yeah, let's do it for sure. sure. But the other reason, Cal, that that people are more open to it. I mean, we do have a pandemic. People are turning more toward alternative therapies. Their eyes are being opened. They're like, I can't trust certain things I used to trust anymore. Like I used to be able to trust my having a job. I used to be able to trust going out to dinner and they're like kind of all whacked out now because of the pandemic and they're really searching for new and alternative things. So um, more and more students are coming to want to be trained because they're seeing this too. And more and more other clients and humans are out there searching for alternative therapies that are going to give them immediate results. So I think there's more than just kind of our side, more than just the hypnotist side of it. I think the world is changing too, to allow for a lot more hypnosis to take place.
0: Yeah. Our profession has been pandemic proof.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: The pandemic, you know, that's like. All the terrible things that the pandemic has been, human beings are amazing. We can usually find an upside. And the upside is that it forced a lot of people online. They've gotten used to it. And now they're going to want it and demand it. Yeah. All right. Wrap it up.
1: All right, everyone, thank you for listening and watching today. My name is Erica Flint. It is my great honor and pleasure to be here serving you, answering your questions about hypnosis. I love you very, very much. This is a caring, healing profession. And if you got something out of this today, I hope that you join Cal and I in one of our upcoming courses. You can find me at cascadehypnosistraining.com. I have classes coming up in January 2021 and April 2021. And I hope to see you there. Bye for now
0: awesome thank you for helping me out erica and to the rest of you (sighs) calbanion.com all my training is listed there it was it will be for so long as i'm training this we're right now putting together a schedule for 2021 but if you're watching this in 2025 or whenever that's where you'll go to find out the schedule and the latest good stuff all right that's it calbanion signing off